Hello and welcome to Eat It Virginia. <laughs> welcome to Eat It Virginia. Yeah, I'm Scott Wise and I'm joined virtually by my co-host, Roby Martin. How you doing, Roby? I don't know. Can we take them? Um, I need you to inhale for four. Okay. And then exhale for four. What are we doing? Are we passing something back and forth? What are we doing? No, I'm just trying to get rid of like, I don't know about you, but my anxiety level is kind of, Little different circumstances than we're used to. For the first time since we've been doing this podcast, you and I are not in the same room together. This is true. We're not even in a very tight sound booth. We're pretty much just, yeah, I am outside. It's actually a very pretty day where typically, and I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm pretty sure that I do know you well enough. I'd probably be at a brewery or a dining al fresco. I was going to ask you about that in a moment, but let's just set this up. So we're about two weeks into social distancing slash quarantining. Slash um, pandemic, yep. Yeah, last pandemic. The last time you and I recorded one of these, it was, I guess, earlier in March, and we had Brittany Anderson on, and our conversation was nothing about a virus or anything. It was about her opening up a new restaurant in Washington and having two successful restaurants here in, in right. Richmond, and then things just obviously changed big time. So I guess my first question for you is, how are you doing? I, I mean, okay. <laughs> I don't want to like be like the Debbie Downer, but I am terrified. I think there's a lot of people that feel pretty terrified right now. But I am really, really terrified of the individuals that aren't listening to everybody to say, stay home. Right. So I've been just as you, like you don't know, but since two Thursdays ago, I have not left the house. And so for someone that, I feel like goes out more than the average bear. Mm-hmm. How is that? How are you doing with that? And B, how is Ryan doing with that? So Ryan's probably not as great. <laughs> I'm, 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 he's, we're about to kill each other, but that's a whole nother thing. Right. But I'm really worried about, well, I'm worried about everything. I'm worried about spreading something I may have that I don't know that I have or spreading or somebody spreading it to me that they don't know that they have it or not being able to be part of this flattening the curve situation. Sure. So what are you doing uh, for our friends in the restaurant industry? Are you? Well, no, nothing, what I'm saying is the reason why I'm staying in the house is because I don't know who has had contact. Well, with well, I understand that. I understand that. But I've seen your, your Instagram feed and you, you know, you're not making every single meal and you have to go to markets or are you making every single meal? So I have been, my, my biggest things right now are making sure that the restaurant industry, the ones that have gotten laid off have some sort of money. And I don't know if you know how involved I am, but I think you do. I, I started a nonprofit called the Holly Fund. Right. And so we have been, we being Shell Magazine and Susan Winecki and I, who are the three people that are on the board there, we have been diligently issuing like 24 <laughs> seven. It is. It's about like, I have a full-time job, I have this job, and now I have that job, um, issuing grants for the individuals that have been laid off. In, yeah, so what kind of help are you providing? Uh, $750 for a grant for people in need, up to. Yeah. So it's pretty big. It's a pretty, it's a band, I mean, it's a band-aid. But you haven't physically gone to a restaurant yet to pick up a meal? No. No, okay. So I've done that a couple times already. I uh, visited Lasia. I visited How Tur- do you feel about that, though? I've had it delivered, not, yeah. no contact. So, I mean, if they're delivering it, you've pretty much been to my house. And, and there's a billion deliveries that have been to my house, but I have not gone out. Yeah, I mean, you drive up to Toast, and they bring the food out to you. 
we're going to talk to Jessica from Toast in this podcast. But oh, so this podcast, what we're going to do is we've been interviewing restaurateurs uh, the last couple of days, and we're going to bring you um, those interviews. We're going to have Lee Gregory, uh, Jessica from Toast, Donnie from Crissette, and Michael from Laura Lee. So we're going to hear from them in a moment. But to answer your question, I feel like I think as long as you're being socially distant with it, and you're not you're not you're not in a, you're not waiting in a long line, you're not in a big crowd. Um, like I said, Toast brought the food right to your car, so you're not, there's really no contact there. So just uh, spending, spending dollars here and there, just tr- trying to help. It seems- we got a bunch of gift cards, Ryan and I did, um, yeah. because that seems to be like in flux of cash now. And I'm actually the worst with gift cards, so I might as well have just tipped the servers because I'll never be able to find right, them. Right, right. I'll just put them somewhere and we'll never use them. So like that's probably – I mean – in my head, I hope that I can find them later, but probably not. So, like, we did that or pretty early on. Um, we'll probably do it again here shortly just because I think that yeah. that is the easiest way to give money without having to, like, reach out and touch someone. Um, I thought it was interesting, and we're going to get to the interview of Lee Gregory here that you conducted in a second, but in the interview, he talks about alcohol and how that's really important these days for a variety of reasons, but one of those reasons is because that's where restaurants obviously make a lot of their money. And the to-go food is helpful to a degree, but really when you're ordering a to-go meal to add on that beer or that wine. So would you buy a to-go cocktail if they made that? Because you know that's what's going through yeah, legislation yeah. right now. I would, I mean, I would do it to help out. Um, I don't know. I feel like that if somebody was going to make me a to-go painkiller, which is like, seriously, which we're, we're going to try and do it, Ryan and I are, but we're never going to get it right. What if it was like a bucket of milk, sh- boozy milkshakes? Love it. Let's do it. Yeah, I feel like that would be to help you. Come on, ABC. Let's loosen the event. I'm going to do boozy milkshakes. I got you. I'm a little bummed. Like I said, we're going to talk to Lee Gregory. I'm a little bummed about this interview with Lee because we have, we have an amazing interview with Lee that we did in January. And he just breaks it down. Yeah. Like, it is one of, in this year and a half that we've been, you and I have been doing this, I don't know. I loved everybody we spoke to, but Lee just, he here's it what it looks like. Yeah. And it was, an, and we were going to like, we were so excited about the interview. We were going to run it the next day. And then like timing wise, other interviews we conducted were more timely. Lee's was less, Lee's was more time less, super interesting. So we had like this, this golden interview with Lee kind of sitting there on a platter that we kept on pushing and pushing and pushing. And now it's, depending on what kind of reception we get to this kind of weird podcast we're doing, we might uh, just kind of throw Lee's interview in in a week or two, just so we can like get it out there in the world. So what is this? Your quarantine beard? Oh yeah, you see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, everybody can see that. So, t- yeah. so is yeah. that what we're doing here? We're doing it, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna look like a Duck Dynasty by the time thing, this thing is over. I'm, I'm good with Duck Dynasty. Um, are you also doing a growth hair growth situation that I can't see? Ooh, Elvis has <laughs> entered the building. Yeah, wow. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why don't you set up this interview with Lee that you did? Oh, right. So we're starting a segment over at CBS six, you, I, and myriad people at CBS six called we're with a heart, which I love that logo, by the way, Scott, well done open. And we're talking to local businesses about how they are staying relevant and open in Richmond. And so we talked to Lee who transferred both of his businesses, Southbound and Alewife into 100% 100% takeout and to go. All right. Hi, Lee. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. So 
I guess it's a little bit of a different situation than you were expecting this year with respect to restaurants, right? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I think di- different for all of us. Um, we're we're doing our best to, uh, you know, hold on. We're offering to-go meals, um, family-style meals at Southbound and individual and family-style meals or double meals at Alewife and Churchill. So what does that um, look like when you say family-style? Like, are you planning you know, on feeding for four two or, seven? Yeah, two, two, two or four. Really, at Alewife, it's one, two, or four. And at Southbound, it's either two or four. So you can double up. You know, it's just a way for us to split a meal in half if it's two married fingal, people or a couple or a family. So, I mean, it's, it's really the only way we feel like we can really uh, compete and and raise enough money to try to pay our bills i mean that's really the gist of it right like both of our restaurant models are to try to overproduce on food or or you know give a lot of value on the ingredients and stuff that we use um and maybe we don't make the proper cost compared to other restaurants but we went on beer liquor and wine right and th- and that's the missing thing like we can sell to go food all night hopefully that makes us raise enough money that we can pay some cooks get some tips have have some servers in there getting a little bit of cash and maybe maybe we can pay our rent and bills and credit card bills and stuff like that but really without the alcohol component um you, you know it, it really starts to hurt based on our on our leases, business models, and things that we have in place for us. So it's one thing to go to a to-go method, to-go model, and and try to hang on for dear life. Um, but, but really what we all need you guys to do is buy a bottle of wine when you walk in. Um, you know, or people offering beer to go or growlers or that kind of thing. Like that's, that's where we're really trying to take advantage of um, to, um, to make enough money to actually continue to do this or to be able to re- fully reopen when it comes down to it. So with your family meals, you think, A, we should be buying, buying bottles of wine and beer. Do you think if the state relaxed the um, regulations on you guys being able to sell batched mixed cocktails, would that help? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, absolutely. But it still, you know, pales in comparison to having, you know, 100 people in your restaurant at night. You know, I mean, every little, everything they loosen up absolutely helps. But we're still going to come out of this way under, you know, underwater. You know, they're offering small business loans and such. What does that do? You know, I'm already... You know, in the bag for money that you're having yeah, to pay, just that's just more, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just more, right? Like, you're already, we're already in debt. We're already on the line for, you know, personal guarantees on leases and all this other stuff, paying off companies, normal business debt. But then, you know, they're making it easy for you to go further into debt to take people off unemployment. Like, the whole thing is just wacky. Um, and, you know, like I said, this will take people down. It could take, it could take us out of the restaurant. It could take me out of the restaurant business. I mean, like no one's untouchable through this and you know, it's, it's, it's super grim and hopefully, you know, with, with 
people support that the, that we could all hang on and just barely go, you know, barely go into debt instead of heavily, heavily go into debt. So you see some people have already closed down trying to, you know, isolate their companies, save what they have so that they can reopen. You have other folks that are just like trying to, in some sense, fight the good fight just to have a little bit of revenue coming in better than nothing. And, you know, for us, it's been more of like some sort of like sense of normalcy, <laughs> you know, for, for either the staff or for the community or for the neighborhood, you know, Bonaire or Churchill, like, I don't know if it does some sort of like mental, you know, uplifting people mentally to just know that we're there to try to hold on for it. But really, I mean, we need people to support, you know, to come out, you know, to take advantage of restaurants um, so that they don't have to go to the grocery store. Things are less crowded. You know, I mean, maybe that's a way to look at it and a way to spend it. Like, Hey, we need you in the restaurants, get to go food. So you're not in overcrowded, you know, grocery stores and super stores, you know, I, I don't know. Um, How are you keeping people from being on top of each other when they pick up to go food? We just have them come in, you know, one at a time. I mean, some restaurants I've seen have a table outside when it's nice and just, you know, crack the door open and give it to them like curbside. Some folks walk it out, um, to cars, but we just let them come out, come inside, grab, what they want and you know we try to hand sell them a, a bottle of wine or you know whatever we can um but you know that that's how we're doing it. just trying to limit uh, you know occupancy um and it seems to be going fine for us do you feel like you're doing pretty well with i mean like as well as you could do with to go like do you where would you like to see more things happen maybe monday nights or is it the same as your no, yeah, I mean, early in the week, I mean, it, it basically seems to, to so far have um, kind of patterned just the normal work week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, our hair slower, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are busier than not. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, just across the, across the, the board, like more bodies would be awesome. I know it's, maybe that's weird verbiage, more bodies, but more order, should I say. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like at least Alewife was like right on the verge of really being like super busy, you know, and then just had the wind sucked out of our sails a little bit and a little bit of a downer, but you know, hold on, we'll get through it. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll come back around sooner than later. Hold on. We'll get through it. Those are some yeah. positive words. That's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping that you are too. Yeah. So we'll see. Hey, thanks for including me. Oh, thank you for being up this early in the morning with your cup of coffee. Yeah, no I appreciate hey, it. Hey, there you go. No worries. Right. Good job interviewing Lee, Roby. Oh, thanks. He, was, he got up early. Had to have a second cup of coffee. Yeah. So just a reminder, we have an amazing interview with Lee in the can that we're going to published sometime in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, I mentioned to you earlier that one of the restaurants that I visited the last couple of weeks with the drive-through to-go situation was Toast over at a uh, village shopping center in the West End. So when I talked to you on the phone about that, Scott, you actually mentioned a little bit about how you felt Jessica was feeling. You wanna elaborate on that? Yeah, so, and you'll hear this right coming up here in, a, in, a, in the segment, but so as you know, Toast just recently reopened, like mm -hmm. a month ago, after they had a fire in the fall. 
So she was telling me that um, that she's been there all the time for the last few weeks, just getting things back back up and running. And then this kind of hit. So she, throughout the conversation you're about to hear, I mean, Jessica's obviously a really strong person, but you can kind of you can kind of tell that she's almost like she's at, she's at the. I think we're all kind of at the brink, but she's really at the brink because um, I mean, she's just seeing all of her and Josh's hard work, like. So. And I think they'd love to, like, I mean, I know lots of people are in this way, but she is on the front lines, touching a bunch of humans, living with her mother, with two young children and her husband. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of things. Absolutely, and we asked her about that. So this is Jessica uh, with Toast. First time I've put on makeup in like six weeks. Well, I'm happy to be the reason for that. I know, right? I was like, I, get, I mean, I need to maybe not look like The Walking Dead, even though we are in the middle of the apocalypse, so it probably would be fitting. I think we all feel a little bit like that, but I can't imagine what you guys have been going through. Um, let's back up a little bit, a couple weeks. Uh, beginning of March, you're starting to see headlines emerging in America. Obviously, it had been a problem in China. It had been a problem in America uh, earlier in the year, but... I don't know. Was it, was it on your radar at all as a business owner? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, we watch the news pretty regularly, try to keep up with what's going on. I mean, we definitely were, we were focused a lot on the reopen. We'd only been open for about two weeks come the first of March. So we had been focused on the reopen at this location and, you know, had been kind of completely all consumed with that but um, remind people what happened why you guys had to reopen so on october 16th uh we had a fire in our dish room and at our at our original location it uh in the near west end at toast and we were closed for four months minus a day not that i was counting and uh we reopened the weekend of valentine's day um here and so, yes, I mean, we'd been, you know, about two weeks into just being all consumed with getting this place back up and running. And, um, you know, it started hearing about what was possibly happening or, or kind of what was going on. I mean, you know, obviously you're like, okay, well, here's another, a little bit, it was like, here's another flu, right? I mean, I, my daughter is, my daughter turned two, two weeks ago, and like when she was born, my son couldn't come into the hospital because the flu was so bad that winter. And so we just kind of felt like, oh, okay, this is, maybe this is nothing, maybe it's something, and, but we just, we kind of, we operate on a day-to-day basis. Like, can we serve our guests today? Can we feed them? Can we feed people today? And so that's what we kept doing. And then obviously last Monday is when it all kind of, it was, it was before that, it was really, I guess it was almost two weeks ago tomorrow when we really saw a drop in customers. It was that, that weekend, that like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when it really kind of hit home. So as a business owner, especially one with multiple locations, uh, you guys own three restaurants. Is that right? Yep. We have two toast locations in Hutch. And how many people do you employ? Um, Just under a hundred. Under a hundred. Mm-hmm. So, walk me through what's going on in your brain as you're trying to figure out what's happening in the world and then what's happening in your world. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, we we do have almost 100 employees, but 
we see all those employees almost every day. I mean, you know, Josh and I are fairly involved and especially with the reopen at this store, like I had been in the building 14 hours a day for almost a month at that point. And so we just, we had to stop and think about them and also think about their safety, but also we're responsible for their, for their livelihoods. And so, you know, we, we had to, you know, when, especially when the last Monday when we decided to, to close the dining room and we have temporarily closed the other two stores. So this is the only store that we're operating out of right now. Um, we had, you know, we had to lay some folks off. Um, fortunately for us in the past couple of days, the curbside takeout and delivery has gotten so busy that we've called a few of the employees back on. We've already been able to rehire some folks. Amazing. Which has been great, yeah. Um, we hope that that continues. We're obviously a little bit nervous about, you know, when will our customers maybe start to feel an economic impact? Like how long, obviously there's a huge, there's a huge push right now, like the great American takeout and all that stuff and people really trying to support local, which is absolutely amazing. And, but you know, we worry about how long is that sustainable for folks to go out to eat on a regular basis, right? I mean, when will our, when will our customers start to feel an economic impact? And we feel like every day we're having to adapt every day. We're having to change the way that we're doing something or change the way that, you know, bring people back on, change their jobs. We've got people, I mean, we've got people doing everything. Our like marketing director is like answering the phone and taking takeout orders on a, you know, every day. So let's talk about that a little more. Um, when you decided, let's, first of all, let's talk about the decision to do takeout. Um, mm -hmm. How much, I mean, I was, it's a huge change for you, but what exactly did that entail? And then how has it changed since that first day? Sure. We've always done a pretty decent takeout business at all of our stores. And probably about six or eight months ago, due to customer demand, we launched delivery at the two Toast locations. So we've, in, we were using a third party um, for that. So we were doing like Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, those things. And so bringing those on like six or eight months ago forced us to kind of get our takeout game tight. So we felt like this transition for us wasn't as difficult as I think it has been for a lot of like for a lot of restaurants in town that weren't super takeout heavy. I mean, we weren't takeout heavy per se, but being on those delivery platforms had forced us to, to kind of hone that and, and, and really like tighten up that game. So that transition wasn't, wasn't super difficult for us. Um, the hardest part, I mean, it's from like a logistics standpoint, the interesting thing has been, you know, you've got a dining room, you've got a certain number of customers, you've got, you know, we can seat 95 people plus the bar in this store. And so we know that our kitchen can handle at full capacity, this many orders. Well, when you're, when you're doing just like takeout and delivery on Friday night, in our restaurant that say when it's super busy on a Friday night, we do 250 covers. We figured it out on Friday night before 8:30, we had 400 orders come in. Oh my. It's fantastic obviously for, for us. And like, it was great, but, but it's hard for us to like learn how to throttle that business, learn how to like, do we really tell somebody it's going to be an hour before they can come get their food? We're like, we, we don't do that. You know, so it's like learning that stuff has been hard for us. 
And obviously we want to give people like hot, delicious food so that it shows up on, you know, it shows up at home and they open it up and it's like they're here, but that's hard to do, especially if you didn't write a menu. None of us, I mean, not none, but I would say the majority of, of the people in this industry didn't necessarily get into it to throw food in a cardboard box, right? Like yeah. ambiance is a really big deal to us, like the experience and the service and all that stuff. And so it's, it's kind of taken a, it's probably more of a toll on me than it is some of our staff, but after being really busy and like just feeling like we call it getting punched in the mouth after feeling like we've gotten punched in the mouth during service. It's like I walk out into the dining room and the lights are right and the music is right. And you see guests eating and you see like the whole experience. And it's like, that's, that's so uplifting. Like that's the reason that we do it. And so it's a little bit, it's been a little weird to be like, okay, let's, let's throw this stuff in a box in a bag and just like go, you know, but it's amazing that people are, wanting that that are calling and just like continually supporting us through all of this. I mean, it's, we're so fortunate to have such great guests. You say it's taken a toll on you. You're a, obviously a parent, you're a child, you have a restaurant family. Like how are you keeping it together? Um, that is a great question. Actually, I was, um, I was texting with your Eat It Virginia cohort, Ruby Martin yesterday and um, she asked how she asked how I was doing and I wrote there may have been a couple of expletives that I won't share right now but I was like I'm a I'm a fighter like we're not gonna go down without a fight we're not gonna go down without like trying to figure out how to adapt and how to like at least keep some of our staff employees so right now we probably got about 25 people that are you know regularly like coming in I mean they're, they're not working full-time by any means um, but um, we're just we're communicating with the staff daily we're updating them on like the Senate bills that are being passed and like we're updating them on unemployment stuff just that if I can't give them work right now I at least feel and Josh feels the same way we feel obligated to at least help them walk through this none of us have been through this obviously but if we have the ability to take in this information and try to kind of help guide our staff through this, then we're, we're morally obligated to do that for sure. And also we hope that we hope that this is short lived. We hope at the end of these 30 days that maybe this changes some and we're allowed to like expand, open up the other stores to do, even if it's takeout or delivery or whatever. But um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's hard not, being this like big corporation where I can say, sure, like I can pay everyone to work from home. Like, you know, we can't, we can't do that. I mean, and my kids, my kids are like, mommy's going to work today. You know, like they've been used to it because I've been here so much before um, with the reopen, but um, they're two and four and a half. And so obviously their preschool's closed, but um, I have an amazing support system. So they're, they're with their GG most days and they're, you know, but they're like, mommy, we don't want toast food. <laughs> they're like over me bringing toast food home. I want the desserts. <laughs> right. They're like, we want Gigi's cake. Is that so. your mom that makes the desserts or Josh's mom? It's mine. Yeah, it's my mom. Is she still working or what's, what's, what's happening? Yeah, she's coming in like once, like one day a week. Come on, Gigi. Like, I know, right? <laughs> like raise my children, make our desserts, do all those things. Um, she's obviously trying to kind of stay out of the public right now too. 
So if people want to support Toast, can you talk to them about what kind of menu items you guys are offering these days, kind of the process, how, how do they order, what's the best way to do it? So we're still offering our full menu. We felt like it was really important through all this to stay as true as possible to our concept and who we are and what we are. So as of right now and come hell or high water, we're going to try real hard to serve the regular menu. We're doing like some specials throughout the week. Like on Monday, we did kids eat free. Um, because like, this has got to take, I mean, this takes a toll on our customers as well. You know, like I can't, I mean, and so if we can offer some things like that, we've done some like buy two sandwiches, get one free kind of things for lunch. And so we're doing some of that, hopefully to kind of help our guests too. And if it keeps us moving and it keeps, and it allows me to like staff a little bit more and have some more people in the building and at least just like try to make ends meet for these like 30 days, then then that's okay. I mean, you know, we've still got, we've still got rent due at the other stores that aren't open right now. And, um, you know, we're, we're just going to do whatever we can. That's why we're like, we're selling cheap wine. We're selling, we're, we've got this inventory. We're like sitting on it here. It's not doing us any good. If we can move this and try to sell it, create some cash flow, hopefully help to sustain the employees, then why not? So it's like every day we're like, okay, what can we do today? That's a little bit different that will either motivate people to like want to dine with us or what can we do to take what we've got in the building and move it, even if it's at a low price so that our guests who are like, Hey, I don't want to go to the grocery store or whatever, like then just get a $10 bottle of wine from us with your takeout. Like, you know, so. You've said 30 days twice, um, which is interesting because you're the only person I've heard say 30 days yet. I have to stay positive. <laughs> I'm going on. So it's like I said, every day we've got new information, right? Every right. single day. And so last week it felt like it was a game of chicken. Like who's going to, not, not a game of chicken. That's probably not the right, but it's like, what's the right thing for us to do? Like nobody's, nobody's really telling us. Like, obviously we want to be responsible and we want to, like, we want to, we care about the health of our guests and the health of our staff. But I mean, if I can run this place with four to five people in it and still be able to at least create some income so that these hundred people have a place to come back to, to work. Cause the other answer is, is if this is 60 or 90 days or however long this is, I've got to do everything possible for my family and for these people to try to have a place for them to come back to. Because we don't know what it looks like on the other side of this for sure, but my, I am, I am the owner of these restaurants. I want to be the owner of these restaurants for as long as I can be. And so doing whatever I can do to try to make sure that they're here for these people to, go, to come back to work and for guests to come back to, then, then, that's, then that's what I got to do. But I, I know it's probably not 30 days, but that's what he said. So that's what I'm going with for now. And then when, when more information comes out and, and when we're told, when we're given more direction, then we'll follow that direction. But. So to that end, to make sure that you're still in business in, in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, remind people again, um, the best way to order the food is through a website to call. What do, what do you want people to do? So right now it is calling. Um, we are working on online ordering, like as we speak. So we're hoping in the next, three to four days, we can flip to online ordering. We are working on, um, in an effort to bring some more of our staff back on, we're gonna start bringing delivery in-house so that I can 
bring on some more employees back um, and get them on to be delivery drivers. Um, I know there's a lot of like, oh, free delivery stuff going on out there with like Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub and all those guys. They're still charging the restaurants the 25 to 35% fees. So like if that, if that is how people need to get it, then that is totally fine with us. We're not like, we still have it all activated. We're still cooking that food, but we're going to try to bring delivery in house so that we can take the fees that we're paying to Uber Eats and to Grubhub and put those back in the pockets of our employees instead. Um, so they can call us. We're open seven days a week right now from 11 a.m. until 8.30 p.m. I will say on Fridays and Saturday nights, we may we may try to serve a little bit later than that um, since we know that this is the way this is going to go for a while. Um, so yes, yeah, so they can call us. We're posting daily specials on our website. Like our website is the best place to go. We're keeping that as updated as possible. Um, so any new things, any new wine specials or food specials or whatever are there. We're, we're able to do completely like contact free delivery. We're leaving stuff on the hoods of cars and doing all that stuff as well. So, you know, it's whatever, so whatever the guest wants, we can do payment curbside if they feel more comfortable with that, as opposed to giving their credit card number over the phone. But that's why we're going to try to get that online ordering set up soon. That'll have secure online payment for folks as well. How has the response been from the community and, and the guests? Oh my gosh, like absolutely amazing. And, and so it's like funny, you know, they'll, they'll call them like, you guys doing okay? <laughs> and it's like, like the first thing that a lot of people will say. And it's like, we're all concerned about you. obviously. I know. And it's amazing. And I'm like, they're like, we're so glad that you're still open. And I'm like, I'm going to be here serving sweet potato tots until there are no sweet potato tots left to be served on like in town. Like, like, like that's just what we're going to do. But people have been amazing and like supportive of our staff. And even just like reaching out, we've had a couple folks say, Hey, I've got a, cleaning company that's still busy right now doing this or that or you know do you have any employees that are looking for work like just you name it people are just so awesome and and have been very supportive and very kind and I know that they're kind of I mean everybody's confused right now you know it's not just us everybody feels like what, what are we doing you know sure you're working from home but your kids are home well you know yeah. What are people doing with their kids? How are you getting any work done from home with your, you know, there's just all the, all that stuff too. So we're not the only people that are suffering. I mean, we're probably small business owners are definitely taking the brunt of it at the moment, but we know that there's a lot of people that are suffering. And so we keep looking at it as if we can be here to serve people hot, yummy food and bring it to their car, then that's what we're going to do. Can I, put, can I put my order in now or should I call later? For sure. You can go ahead. I'll put it on hold for you. No problem. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thanks, Scott. My meal, by the way, at Toast was absolutely awesome. What do you have? Oh, my gosh. So I had, like, the, the Memphis chicken sandwich. Uh, Nashville or Memphis? Oh, I'm sorry. Nashville. Yeah. Sorry. Wrong city. The Nashville chicken sandwich. I like that you're in the same area, though. Yeah. Um, Asher, uh, my son Asher, he had a burger, which he loved, and Sadie got the, the Cuban Reuben, which was humongous. Have you seen that Cuban Reuben sandwich? No, but Ryan keeps wanting to have it. Is it t did Sadie like it? She loved it. The sandwich is, is it's enormous, so she had, only ate half of it, only because it's bigger than her head. Did um, you eat the other half? No, we saved it for lunch the next day. And I got a bottle of wine from Toast. Uh, it's, you know, it was, did you drink the whole thing by yourself? Well, yes, because 
Because <laughs> neither Sadie or Asher can drink, right? You said that's that. Exactly that's legal. Right. That's sure. exactly okay. right. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. I, um, when you sent me the interview that you did with Donnie uh, over at Crissette, I was really interested in what he had to say about how he's dealing with this with this situation for his restaurant. He's dealing with lobster rolls. <laughs> there is the lobster roll part, but also just how his rest uh, Donnie's restaurant's a little smaller. Yep, and and a lot newer. Hi. <laughs> Good. Tell me who you are. Uh, my name is Donnie Glass. I'm the chef owner at Grisette in Church Hill. And you're probably in a situation you never thought you were going to be just recently opening a restaurant, right? Um, correct. Uh, you know, nobody could, nobody knew this was coming when we were planning this restaurant, obviously. Um, but, you know, it, it, I don't think anybody saw this coming at all last summer. So. so what are you guys doing to stay afloat? Um, so we immediately, two Sundays ago, when pretty much everyone in Richmond uh, decided to shut down, we immediately went to takeout only. Um, and it's been okay. It's been good enough. Um, and it's, you know, it's not what we normally do, but we're being flexible and we're being... Uh, optimistic and all of that good stuff. So that's that's what we're doing right now. We're doing takeout orders to go food, and that's it. How hard is it to transition from a seated restaurant to a to-go venue? It, I mean, like um, logistically, it wasn't terribly hard because the volume of to-go isn't so much that it can't be handled. Like, if we were to continue doing this for the foreseeable future for months and months and months we would make some changes. Um, we would start doing online ordering and we would start, um, you know, I would reorganize the kitchen to, to be ready for to-go orders and stuff like that. But, you know, if this is only gonna last two months or three months, then for us, we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't terribly difficult. The, I think the biggest hurdle to get over was the mental, the, the mindset and the approach to doing to just not getting to do what you want anymore. And that sounds selfish at a time like this that, you know, oh, boo-hoo, we don't get to do what we normally do. But it's, you know, it took a little bit for, for me to say, to just come to grips with the fact that this is it for now and you either embrace it or it's miserable. So we're embracing it. And how are your employees doing? Have you had to lay off or how's that working? Yeah, so, I mean, for those that aren't familiar with restaurant economics uh, intimately well, uh, there's not a giant pile of money laying around all the time, especially for a new restaurant who, you know, as soon, we're, we're fortunate that we were busy when we opened and we had a good first six, seven months before this happened that we have a little bit of money, but we don't have, there wouldn't, I mean, if we paid the staff like we normally do, um, we would be bankrupt in three weeks. Uh, and that's just the way restaurants work. We, any money we made in the beginning, we used to pay down debt that was borrowed to open the restaurant. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot of meat left on the bone. So this week's sales pay for next week's payroll. And that's pretty much how most restaurants operate. It's not, iris it's not an irresponsible business model. It's just the way it is. So, um, we made the decision we thought the best decision for our staff was to was to be laid off start collecting unemployment and then and then crack down like get down to 
figuring out how to keep the business solvent going forward so that when this is over, uh, there is still a business because that's, that's the, that's what we, that's what I was most worried about is if the business doesn't survive this several month thing, then nobody has a job after it's over. And, and that's, that was the scary part for me is not, you know, and we're very fortunate that we have a very small restaurant. There's, I only have 11 people to take care of, you know, the, the larger restaurants are, are up against something much, much different and much more difficult. Um, than us, we, we, you know, and all of my most, all of my employees are young and have fairly inexpensive lifestyles. You know, n thankfully nobody even on my staff has children. Um, so we're in a unique position that we are luckier than most that this business model is kind of, is set up to, to outlast something like this, even if it went six months or something like that. So what can we as the dining public do to help you guys? And what are you guys doing? I mean, like, give me some specials you have going on. Or sure, sure. So, um, you know, as a, as a diner, the, the best thing you can do is to continue to, to support financially, which is to go and buy food. You know, that's really as simple as it is. Um, the, the goodwill that we've seen in the first two weeks has been absolutely mind-blowing. Um, there's, there's so much, you know, yes, we're, we're giving people food, but at the end of the day, to me, it's still charity because when you sit down at a restaurant, you're sitting down and you're paying for the entire experience. And for a restaurant to then flip to doing takeout, I feel like I've cheapened the grisette experience by not letting you in the building. Like at least at our restaurant, so much of what we do is about being here and being with each other. And, um, so, you know, we're, as a, as a diner to, you know, to answer the first question as a diner, just keep showing up and keep buying food. That's, that's really the best thing you can do. And I know for some people, a, a lot of people are, are losing their jobs in this, in this, and it's, it's become impossible to go out to dinner to pay for takeout food because it is more expensive than buying raw ingredients and cooking for yourself most of the time. Um, so if you can't do it anymore, then it's okay. Like we're not, we, we're not like, we're not, uh, I don't want to come across as us begging for people to come in because we're not, we want people to do within their means what they can do. Um, and that's it because everybody has to be careful and, and, and to look out for themselves at a certain point in this. Um, and to answer your second question, what we're doing, um, we're doing a takeout, and, and what we're doing changes every week. It changes almost every day, um, which is nothing new for us. Uh, you know, we change our menu every week when we're open. So this is not like... Uh, Good translation. It's, yeah, it's not that different uh, in that way. So we're, you know, the first week we were doing one thing every night, and you could get it or not get it. And then this week we did three or four different things every night, and it was available for the whole week. Um, but it was by the pairs only. So two and four, I think next week we're switching to all full a la carte. We're going back to kind of the grisette roots. We're going to do steak frites again. We're going to do some savory tarts. We're going to do, um, a mushroom fettuccine dish. Uh, I want to do things that keep supporting the vendors that ha I've been buying from since the beginning. So, you know, that's, 
that's what we're doing. And then every week we're picking the nicest day. This week it's today. It's a little overcast right now, but it's supposed to perk up. And we're, do, we're running a series called Suns Out, Buns Out, and we're doing a sandwich. Uh, so last week we did burgers, and we had a couple of charcoal grills on the sidewalk. Um, we've After last week was over and it was wildly successful, we sold a, a bunch of burgers, um, we realized we need to do this thing safer and go completely zero contact. So this week it's all going to be inside. Um, there's going to be a table at the front door. There's going to be somebody bringing people their orders, um, all the payments done ahead of time. This week we're doing lobster rolls today. Um, and then next week, uh, a chef friend of mine, Zach Garza, who just moved up from San Antonio, we're going to make fresh tamales and do tamales for Suns Out, Buns Out. Not quite a sandwich, but a sandwich enough. Um, and just keep doing that once a week because it honestly, it breaks up the monotony of everything. I think getting the neighborhood, for us being in Churchill, getting the neighborhood outside and walking around, and not necessarily socializing and being close with one another. But, you know, our, our restaurant has in six months, we, we have established a sense of community here. And I think that keeping people's positivity up is, is equally important as feeding them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what we're trying to do with that. So, you know, we're, we're changing as we go and we're being flexible and we're trying to be innovative without, um, forsaking our our concept i guess I, at this point what is a concept like a, a, a concept is fluid um and Currently. but that's what we're doing very cool i love it i love the lobster roll idea i love the burger idea i'm a sucker for a good tamale i gotta tell you yeah i haven't had a good tamale in a long time so i'm excited zach is uh he's a great cook and um he's gonna be in here this week doing a, a bulk of the prep because he's done it a million times before and I have honestly never made a real tamale with like liming my own Nick's tamale and stuff like that Ooh, like yeah. he's doing the whole the whole shebang so I'm excited to to learn and to eat a lot of tamales we're making 1500 tamales Whoa. so yeah so you buy he was like, I was like how much do you charge for a tamale he's like well you buy them by the dozen or half dozen you don't buy a tamale um That's fair. so you know we did a little bit of math and and that's what we're doing, so. I love it. Well, thank you. I know you guys are busy doing all your prep for your stuff today, so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, of course. Good, good deal. Good luck to you guys for your lobster roll. I bet you it's a sellout. It is a sellout right now, so we're glad. I, I bought our lobster vendor out of lobster, so he was, he was blown away. He was shocked. He was like, what oh, are you so doing with 150 fine. lobsters? Yeah, so... Uh, I guess lobster prices being low is one of the very small silver linings of this whole thing. Man, I love a lobster roll. That is definitely a silver lining. Well, thanks. Enjoy your You're day. You're welcome. Today. Thank you so much, Roby. Take it easy. Bye. I really did my hair for you. I just want you to know that. It's looking pretty good. I thought maybe you would enjoy this. Uh, this is my quarantine non-hair dryer look. Thoughts? I, I think you should bring it. I think when we're out of quarantine, you should, you should keep it up. I should bring this back, this yeah. furball yeah. situation. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was trying to figure out the last time I actually used a hairdryer or applied a piece of makeup, and I've just decided I'm just going to forego it forever. What do you think? It's one of those things, I, I put this out on Twitter the other day, it's like, you know, after 9-11, portions of our lives immediately changed after 9-11, um, and then they kind of went back to the way they were, but other things just kind of stayed 
post 9-11, like airport security, like when you go to a ball game, the purse, or your, your, your pockets get, you know, turned inside out. Um, you know, the government has a lot more powers to like track your cell phone and do all this stuff. That's all post 9-11 stuff. So like, what do you think post COVID-19, not granted, we're really early into this whole thing, but like, what do you think is, is going to be like a lasting change that I think we'll be a less retail oriented environment. Like I think there'll be a lot less wants and more needs from everybody because right now all those wants seem so superfluous in combined with the fact that you may have to, I'm not saying we are, but like, you know, when, it, when your head starts to wrap around the fact that you may have to have a 10 pound, 20 pound, 30 pound bag of rice to make it, you have to shelter in place. That pair of boots looks a little less, I don't know, desirable. Yeah, for sure. Some of the responses I got on Twitter, um, someone mentioned that the handshake kind of might, might kind of go away and we might be more of like a, you know, a nod or a bow situation. Mm -hmm. uh, someone else mentioned that um, working in offices, like we're all kind of telecommuting now. Uh, I know at Channel 6, we've basically emptied the newsroom out. It's, it's very skeleton crew. Uh, I've been working from home for a week now. And other people have been working home for home even longer, so. Have you seen any layoffs? Because we've had some furloughs occur at my full-time job. I'm not at Channel 6. You know, we're all working twice as, twice as much as we did before. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, think we are too, but we're still, still like some of our administrative, like that type of staff has been yeah. put on voluntary furlough. Um, on to happier things, a little happier things, Michael Smith over at Laura Lee's, he's probably the happiest person I know. Um, did he sing this time? What an amazing ball of energy. Um, he did not sing, although I didn't ask him to sing, so I know, missed opportunity. I gotta tell you, I feel like that we need to call him up and have him end this podcast with an uplifting song. I can always take our, our audio from the last time and maybe like mix it back in. I, it's, it's what we all need, Scott. It's what we all need. If you're not following Michael on Instagram, he's, he's a great follow because he brings his, he's got this... A radiant smile that uh, you can't help but smile back at him when you see him through your. He just feels good, and I, I mean, like the whole, he, he actually you actually can find him at Mackle Smith or at Lorley's. He's both places, which I think he should be like seventeen other places because I would follow him in every place. But yeah, he's a he's a he's a gem. He's a real gem. Hello. Hi. So, Michael, obviously, we're uh, living in some interesting times now. Why don't you tell me um, a little bit about what you guys have been doing, I guess the initial reaction, the initial shock, and then kind of how you guys pivoted very quickly. Yeah, well, I guess, like, we're still kind of in shock. To be perfectly honest, like, I don't think I've been able to fully understand exactly what has happened in the last two weeks. I mean, I don't even know when to even begin, <laughs> like, when we even started to think about this as being a problem. Um, you know, clearly on by the 13th, which was that like Friday before we closed, we knew that like we had to make a decision. We had to act that um, it was on everyone's lips. It wasn't just something that we were talking about. Um, so <clears throat> to answer your question, um, you know, we, we really started having serious conversations about it, um, you know, the, the Thursday service before the weekend, you know, the, the weekend that we closed. And it really came down to like, what steps are we going to take to keep everyone, you know, happy, de-stressed, you know, clean, and not just our, our uh, people coming into the store, our staff too. You know, we were really 
monitoring the mental and physical health of our staff because that was that's almost as important when you're running a business as the people who are coming into the doors, you know, um, if not more important. Um, and so by the end of what was a busy weekend for us, we realized that um, unless we, sh we had to shut the doors in order for people to take this seriously, um, that people were still ignorant to the facts of what was happening in the world. And it was just strange to have to offer somebody a service that is, um, you know, hospitality, but like, from a distance, like those two things just don't blend. And so um, we all sat down at the table after Sunday brunch service and threw out every single possible scenario that could be there. And when we said, what if we were to just close, that's when it kind of sunk with us. And it was actually the first little piece of relief in a weird way that I was able to feel that whole weekend because it was like, it was a decision that we could all stand behind which was the weirdest decision to have to come to terms with because like we're in this industry to work we're not in this industry to to give up or to like shut down or close it was just such a strange relief um followed by this immense like gut-wrenching depression i don't know how to i don't know how to describe it like we we closed up shop um came in the next day and cleared everything out of our fridges and asked the staff to come in and take food home it was like the weird that the day after we closed was the weirdest feeling i've ever had in my entire life you know um closing the doors behind me and not knowing when we're coming back you know um a lot of other restaurants at that point were already rolling out takeout menus so we knew that that was a possibility but we knew that for our own sanity we needed to take at least a couple days off to let all of this sink in and let the shock um sort of take hold and it's really been a grieving process ever since then you know um i wake up every morning and i'm not sure um how i'm gonna be feeling um i mean even on the, the ride into work today i was having doom and gloom thoughts which i just can't i can't control you know they're like uh i've i don't even know there's no i'm speechless there's no words so i was gonna ask you uh, how how are you feeling like how are you personally <laughs> doing today well thank you for asking um i i'm really happy now that I have a sense of purpose. You know, we decided last Friday to open up on Saturday for our first night of takeout. And, you know, we knew that our neighbors really wanted us to have takeout options available. We got so many messages, you know, right when we closed our doors on um, Sunday, the 15th, I think it was, um, we got so many people um, sending us messages, um, both to my personal, like texting me personally, but also on our Instagram, um, just supporting our decision and um, basically saying like, when you, what can we do to help you? Like, can, you know, will you guys open up for takeout? We want to be able to support you for takeout. So we knew that that was a possibility and we finally settled on it. And coming into work that day, um, the first day we did takeout, I was not sure how it was going to go. I wasn't sure how I felt about necessarily like being in that kind of a situation. Um, however, everybody who came in that day, which were a ton of people, um, were respectful of each other's distancing. You know, everybody stayed apart. People waited to come in the front door. You know, people were bringing their own wipes to open up the door handle. Um, and so like seeing how the community was like working together to make this work um, alleviated a lot of my stress. I was 
worried that I might have to kind of like tell people to distance themselves. Like I didn't know like if, if, how many people we'd be dealing with and if I was going to have to be like controlling a line, like that right there was something I've never had to um, stress about. <laughs> um, but fortunately the, the public and everybody in this neighborhood understands exactly the situation and is, um, you know, being really, really cool about it. Um, we've been able to um, trigger like online ordering. Um, so we've kept it really, really uh, contactless. <laughs> Again, it's really weird to be talking about something in the hospitality industry that doesn't involve like coming into contact with people. Like I very much want to hug everybody who comes in here and I have to, I have to stay, stay Not away. Not today, Michael. Um, Not today. <laughs> um, in the future, they're coming up, but um, we've, we've kept it really um, quick and simple. So people don't even have to come into the restaurant and there's no exchanging of money. It's your bag is over there with your name on it, grab it and go. And it's that, it's that simple and efficient. So let's talk about that for a second. What exactly is Laura Lee's offering and like what, like what, what would you tell the people of Richmond who are looking to support small business? Yeah. So um, we are offering um, just a couple items right now just to, you know, give people some food and, and uh, you know, we didn't want to staff a full kitchen full of food because we didn't know if the government would shut us down, you know, um, within a couple days if we were to go under some sort of mandatory shutdown. So we're playing it um, one day at a time, um, keeping our double cheeseburger as like the the foundation of our entire restaurant right now. That will always be on our menu. Um, we right now are doing a vegan kind of chickpea and rice bowl that, um, that's curried with pickles and chimichurri. Um, we also have our pasta bolognese tonight. So we're keeping our menu limited to about three um, savory entrees, a couple desserts, and then because Virginia allowed us on uh, this past Friday to serve wine and beer without having an off-premise license, um, we've been, you know, being we're able to sell that online online as well, which is really really nice. How many employees for this, and what are you guys looking like now? We're running at about a little under half staff now. Um, on a normal Wednesday night, Tuesday Wednesday night, um, we would run with about four people in the back of house and about four people in the front of the house. Um, we're trying to run this operation with no more than four people every night. Um, so we've cut it pretty much in half. Um, and then on the weekends, we've cut it down by more than half. On the weekends, we're running with um, probably about 12 people on average. Um, we, we employ about 25 people. And during, since we've been open for takeout, we've had a total of nine individuals working and then finally um how do people order how, where do they go to to find you so if you have any trouble ordering you can always just pick up your phone and we're here to answer the phones um but we are pushing everybody to online ordering because of the contactless nature we don't have to we don't want to have to come into contact with um your credit card and we don't want you to have to come into contact with our pens uh, or anything like that so everybody can go online and with their order they can put in their credit card information they can leave a gratuity and i should mention that people have been incredibly generous with their gratuities which is something that we really really appreciate here um i don't know if this is going too far but we uh, have realized that this is affecting not only obviously the servers, but it's affecting the kitchen staff as well. And so we're doing a tip pool. Um, every tip that is given um, from our guests generously um, 
as part of the takeout order is shared with everyone, um, regardless of their job on the staff. So we're all in this together um, and we're not going anywhere. We've been so overwhelmed with um, the support that we've gotten. Like the first two nights we did this on Saturday and Sunday, we sold out. Like we could not keep up with the influx of orders that we sold out of all of our food. That's incredible. Um, so now we're kind of like challenging everyone, like sell us out every night. Like if you can, like we're, we're here for that. Um, we haven't really firmed up our hours because we're sort of playing every day, one day at a time. Um, but sort of the structure we've been doing uh, so far is, you know, we start ordering around 2 p.m. and we'll serve dinner until 8 p.m. Um, online, uh, the call ahead ordering or like uh, ordering for a later time is something that we're still working on with our system. There's, there have been some kinks, um, which is why we encourage people just to call us if you're not sure uh, right after you place that order online. Give us a ring and confirm everything. All right, thank you. Bye. Right. Well, Roby, what do you think of our first virtual podcast? Mm, I don't know. It's really nice outside today, so it felt pretty good. You, however, are inside. I'm inside. I'm in my kitchen. So yeah. let's talk about what our next steps are with respect to Eat It Virginia and how that's going to work. Sure. So um, we're going to do more We're Open, right? You would enjoy people to send you messages if they'd like to talk about how they're being. Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast now and you are a small business, either a restaurant or other retail small business, and you are trying to make things work in this new normal, uh, Roby and I want to hear from you. So you can reach out to either of us on Instagram or you can reach out to the Eat at Virginia Instagram handle. And uh, we will set up an interview, a Zoom interview, listen to your story maybe use it in a future podcast, maybe use it on CBS 6 News. Um, maybe both. And we're thinking that we may do this every Monday while this goes on, you and me, Scott, um, yep. while this goes on, which let's hope it goes on for another two weeks and then we only have to do it two more Mondays instead of every, every other Monday. Feel good about that? Yeah, I think we can do that. Let's, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a good response, people that want to tell their stories. And if not, you'll know, you and I rapping for a few minutes. So let's talk about what you're going to do this upcoming week in to-go worlds. Are you getting some pizza from Craig Parkinson? Is he open yet? He's, he is quasi-open doing to-go pizzas, online ordered. Okay. Um, his next one is Tuesday night, so okay. right after this. I'm not going into the office anymore, so I'm not really in that neighborhood so much. Oh, right. Where are you? Are you near Coco and Hazel where you can get to-go milkshakes? Oh, my gosh. I think I've already gained 20 pounds this weekend. I mean, have you ever thought about how great it would be just to, like, drive by and pick up a milk? Is that what they're doing? I haven't seen that. Is that what they're doing? Yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. With, like, the cake on top? I, sh Ugh, I almost cussed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, I, we mentioned earlier, I, I mentioned that I went to Lasia and spoke with Sonny, and that guy is... I mean, everyone's doing yeoman's work. I mean, he, he's, he's such an amazing chef and an amazing host. And uh, I don't know if you saw, he's offering free meals to um, medical health workers. Uh, on, I think it's Mondays and Thursdays. I think that's amazing. Uh, and so, so many people in this industry that we're lucky enough to cover um, are stepping up and, and, and doing some pretty amazing things. Which, what I think is really interesting, and I know that you've been seeing this, is I often think that PR firms are. Uh, well, they're PR firms, but I noticed that we have a local PR firm who is buying and not just like, I, I, they're not, you would think that they would buy their clients gift cards, but they're not. They're buying local restaurant gift cards and purchasing food and then giving it to front 
line employees. Give them a shout out. You don't think you'd be vague about it. Give them a shout out. I, you you give them a shout out because I love them. Give them a shout out. <laughs> uh, the Hodges partnership. Yeah. Yep. What is it? Part of their RVA Thrive. I really like the way that looks. I feel like that's very full circle. So obviously, you know, Roby and I can't be all places at all times. So if you see something out in the community you want us to, to shout out or if you want to come on the podcast, drop us a line and we'll make it happen. So we're going to, okay, so at Eat at Virginia on Twitter, at Eat at Virginia on Instagram, at Eat at Virginia at gmail.com. Send us out on a high note. Send us out on a high note? Yeah. Um, what would be a high note? I don't know. I, you need to put Michael Smith in here because I believe that's the best high note we've got. Sing us out, Michael. <laughs> I, I'm so in love with you. Whatever you want to do is all right with me. This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> No! Oh, God, no.